What's up, everyone? Welcome back to My First Kicks. This is episode 73, and we are back. I mean, after a last-minute cancellation, I couldn't rebound last week to bring you a guest, so I brought out the heavy guns. And this week, our guest is none other than the illustrious Jimo Wong. And if you don't know who he is, he's worked with brands that we all love. And he's worked with them for a while. And you get to hear all about it this week. You also get to hear his story. And of course, the reason why you're here is to get to learn about his first kicks. It's a banger. So we're going to jump into it shortly. But first, I also have to say many, 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 many apologies. I know I'm not trying to make this a habit about missing another week or when I'm not when I don't have a guest just skipping a week and not giving you guys an episode or or a tweet or a post on IG. So I feel bad about it. But as things get busier with everything opening up, I think I previously mentioned this before. People want to be outside, including your boy and cancellations and windows to connect get smaller. So I'll do my best to make sure you all have a new episode each week to listen to, especially now that some some of y'all have to go in to the office on a commute and you know you want to lace up a pair that you have a story with and you want to listen to some stories so and our conversation you know i'm just i'll try my best to be more consistent and bring you a new guest each week i because i there's no way i'm gonna release solo pod episodes of just me babbling for 40 minutes i don't think that's fair (laughs) i don't think that's fair to y'all at all but on to where you can find gmo you can find him on linkedin that's right i said linkedin by his real name which is gmo wong which is the name on this episode and it's funny because this will be the first time i'm asking you all to go at someone on linkedin so adam get that connect very interesting and you also get to hear how I got him on this on this episode. And you can find your boy on all socials at, at who is Haas. Don't forget to follow Ify at Ify Nawadway. He would definitely be back on the pod very soon. The man's been traveling. He just got back. And he's squeezing fruit on TikTok now. So We've got to get him back on the pod so he's not squeezing as much fruit on TikTok and more talking about sneakers on this podcast. And don't forget to follow the pod at My First Kicks Pod on all socials. Hit us up with who you want to see on the pod and your My First Kicks stories to our email. Send them joints to our email, myfirstkickspod at gmail.com. All this stuff. It will definitely be in the description of this podcast. So don't miss out. Join the community. Let's get into this. So on to this week's episode with Gmo. Hey, Gmo, welcome to the podcast. 
Great to be here, man. Yo, I, I took a big chance. So, like, it's funny because uh, usually I have a co-host, my co-host, Ify. Um, he he makes fun of me for doing this, but I started adding people who are in the sneaker community on LinkedIn. And I tell, I'll tell him, like, yo, you know, I got so-and-so. I got I to, gotta, you know, we got to do an episode. I got so-and-so. I got to do an episode. And he's just like, he's like. I don't know how you do it. How do you how do you just pick people up on, on LinkedIn? I'm just like, you know, and you, you, you were one of those ads. You know, I saw uh, I think like a mutual friend, a mutual LinkedIn friend, like something that you posted. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, let me just try to see if I can get you on the podcast. Yes, talk sir. sneakers, you know, yes, sir. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because of that, uh, can you get a little introduction for all the listeners about you? Yeah. Chimo uh, Wong. Born and raised in Southern Illinois, small town, um, one one stoplight that's blinking. Um, spent uh, all my childhood there from all the way up to sophomore year in high school, where I transferred over to a different high school to a, a bigger city. But um, mm-hmm. um, super proud of from where I came from, small town called Cairo, Illinois. From there, um, went to college in, in Chicago, DePaul Art Institute, got my fashion degree at Art Institute, bounced to New York, six, seven years working through various um, streetwear apparel brands, Sean John Fat Farm, Chabot, and Nietzsche. Wow. Um, so cut my teeth in New York. Took the, mm-hmm. took, so always kept in touch with the recruiters in Nike. It was my dream to work at Nike. Um, and I took the first plane out, um, to Nike, Portland, Oregon, and never looked back 16, 17 mm-hmm. years later, here we are at Nike. I worked, uh, I started a brand Jordan apparel, uh, went to Nike or I worked at in sportswear apparel and then finally got into footwear, uh, the last six, seven years I went back. I was in brand Jordan special projects or so I was all kind of combined all my skill sets, footwear and apparel, and, and led the special projects team. Yo, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy road, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I look back at it, it happened in a blink of an eye, man. Um, <laughs> and then here we are. A um, couple years coming out of Nike, where now I'm a freelancer, entrepreneur, working with everyone from Travis Scott, Beyonce, Jimmy Butler, um, Ciara, Russell Wilson. To name a few, hopefully more. Yeah, that's crazy. Resume is stacked. Right? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Sorry, I was long winded, but I've, I've been through a lot. No, I mean, you know, you're here to tell your story, right? right? You know, right. a lot of a lot of of sneaker podcasts is based around, you know, what do you think is hot or what do you think? Like, I, I don't I'm not like we created this space to bring back the community and the storytelling. I love it. it you know? I love it. Yeah. And I think like, you know, it's a, it's a common it's a it's a common interest in everybody because we're all at the end of the day, like, you know, we can have 200 pairs of sneakers. But, you know, what about the story of the feet that walked in? Them, sure. You know? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're here because every week we ask our guest a question. Yep. And that question is, what's your first kicks? What's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have? Well, there's a lot that come to mind, but the one that probably has a story that not a lot of people know um, of me is the Converse Weapon. Um, I'm going to date myself. 
but I think they launched in what 86. Yeah, so like the con- I'll, I'll give a little rundown for the listeners. The Converse weapon was the b- basketball non plus ultra of the late 80s. <laughs> Upon its release in 1986, the shoe was most famously worn by Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, though it's fair to say that pretty much every NBA star, except for Jordan, wore the Converse weapon at some point in the late 80s. The weapon was a bulky high top leather sneaker that represented Converse's latest evolution in the basketball sneaker space. Yeah, man. I remember. <laughs> so, you know, again, we're, we're from a small town. We'd have to travel about 45 minutes out to a mall. And us, all me and my brothers would, would love to do is go to the Foot Lockers. I don't even know if they had a foot action, but they had a bunch of mom and pops in, this, in these malls. Some had like Converse, some had, you know, Jordan, some had Deodoras, but like this one shop had the weapons. It was um, Magic's model and Larry Bird's model, like, um, displayed and I just had to have magic because it matched my uh, school basketball jerseys at the time. I was like, this is going to be a crazy fit. Mm-hmm. My mom, love her to death, got them for me. Couldn't wait to wear them because my, my only other option was pro leathers and I hated how stiff they were. Mm-hmm. Um, unbeknownst to how, how bulky, um, as you mentioned, I don't know how heavy the weapons are. And I mean, magic is what? 610 i don't know how many pounds i mean he could carry the weight of that shoe maybe in a, somewhat of a bigger kid at the time i still couldn't play in those I, I took them off my legs are aching and i think i cramped up one night first first you know game we had um i had to put those to the side and wear the pro leathers and i played the rest of my like grade school um basketball career in pro leathers but Mm-hmm. I thought I was so fresh and those fr- shoes are very fresh. Uh, it took a while for me to get them just because they're, I think they're kind of pricey at, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be sitting in some closet somewhere at home, but like, man, uh, those are, those are my first memorable like sneakers, sneakers that I could, that I could really remember. Yeah. I think it's that, that, that shoe is super iconic. And, you know, obviously the story with Jordan and Converse on top of that, too, and just how he did not how he didn't want to wear them. Right. Or did he want to wear? No. he Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to wear them. Sorry. I always get that big beginning story because he wanted to be in Adidas. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was he didn't want to be in Converse? I always forget. Who who might? Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. Uh, It was. well, you played college in the pro leathers. Playing in the pro, pro leathers. Um, and then, yeah, he was like, didn't want to. He he went to Nike. They It was the story of like how the how Nike went to him yeah. and and got him to where to get the airships yeah, and yeah, slash yeah. become make the Jordan ones. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I think it's like it's such a it's crazy how that shoe has such an iconic storytelling yeah. um, to where, you know, we get other we started to get uh, pro sneaker models based of, based off of Converse, and yeah, then yeah, yeah you know, so I think, like, yeah, I think that it might have been. I'm sure there was signature sneakers back then, but I remember like they did a couple of colorways. Like I remember maybe someone on the Pistons had an ill red and blue colorway. I think maybe Mark mm-hmm. Mark McGuire. I think, but I know that was like a signature PE model across couple of players in the NBA. I have to look it up. Don't quote me. But um a lot of people wore them. Like um 
a couple of Celtics players wore Larry Bird's. Larry Bird's was nasty. The black and white one was a nasty colorway. That was so. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, that the the whole the whole because um, like I, I when I when you play basketball when you play basketball for like high school and stuff like that yeah. like they make you wear the team colors yeah. right you yeah, know yeah. It's not, not until like recently where now they're just like okay you can wear whatever sneakers you actually want to wear sure. you know yeah. so that being so such like an institutional like okay you have to play like you have to play in your team colors or else yeah. and then we get we get all that controversy just for because Jordan wants to have a black and, and red shoe sure. like it's just you know, like that. I I never understood it, but because I'm just like we I'm always just like you we know, didn't know no better. Yeah, yeah. But it was also just like like I remember team shoes just being so uncomfortable. Extremely. Right? I mean, the pro leathers <laughs> took forever to break in. Those aren't any better. They're just a little bit lighter. Yeah. Than the uh, weapons. Um, but that was all we really had is like a team shoe that um we could we could buy i remember it was probably like 30 dollars, maybe less to buy it's like the team could buy um i went on my own and bought the weapons but um thank god the coach let me wear those but them didn't work out it was like playing in tim's back then <laughs> yeah I mean, it's crazy. like cause it's funny because like that shoe reminds me of i don't know the air force twos twos yeah or, yeah, yeah, or I, the deltas I love those, yeah. those models. A little sleeker, but yeah, Air Force Two's people sleep on. Yeah, agreed. And I, I mean, like they that one that little era. I don't know if you were in New York during that time of uh, where like the Air Force Twos came out, and then there was also just like the I think it was just like people were wearing they were wearing those, and and like I had a pair, and I remember just killing them, yes. and and then, uh, but it was also just like around just the fact that you had a pair of Air Forces, but those Air Force Two sat like you get those on sale, and I was just like, yo, I gotta get these. Scooping, a scoop. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what was like, you know, after that, what was it, what was it like, you know, did did this make you get the bug, or did you just like? Yeah, for the most part. So it was just. After that, I mean, I was still in grade school, so I couldn't afford much. But like shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. um, probably that summer um, when the threes came out, I think that's the story that most people know of me. And like the shoe that I could relate myself back to my my childhood the most is um, the white cements. That was it. Foot Locker, Paducah, Kentucky. Ooh. Ninety ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Those were like right at $100. And uh, my mama, again, blessed her heart. She didn't think twice. And I thought I was so fresh. Came home, like my homies were playing basketball. And I stepped out, like just in my garage. Um, and they wanted to step on them. They wanted to scuff them. Mm. Haters. But I, I, I didn't play them. But I just wanted to show them off. Um, but damn, did I feel fresh in those. Um, just a different type of feeling, as we all know. But I'm gonna pair of mics. It's a different feeling. Oh yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I I remember getting a pair of just like that I really wanted, yeah. and then you're just you're 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 skyrocketing at that point. Yeah, you're yeah. just like you're on top. Nobody can nobody's messing with you at that point. Like no, <laughs> no. I mean, he made you feel like you know you could dream to fly. Like he he put that emotional attachment to a shoe like shoe like no other like no other mm-hmm. yeah that that uh i mean but also like you know even if you're from a small town in illinois like you're still 
Illinois, right? Yeah, yeah, I heard yeah, that right, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah, you're still in that, like, you're Chicago adjacent. Yeah, like, yeah for I sure. Felt, you know, so like, what? How how did that feel? Like, you know, in a, and you're watching, you know, Jordan's rise too. So yeah. like, how did that feel? Just being in that, I found incredible. Like, I just remember, um, what was it? The '86 playoffs against the Celtics when he did the. Um, that signature highlight where he goes between the legs and, and gets and gets Larry Bird. Like I watched mm-hmm. that game, that playoff series with my sister. Um, it was just me and her for some reason. I got other siblings, but it made you want to play the ball immediately after that game. Um, and then from there on, you know, Mike was here. Mike, Mike was my hero. Like could tell me nothing. Um, and then it just kicked off. Not only my love for Jordans, but just sneakers in general. Like I knew what I liked. Um, um, I knew that I loved Jordans, but it also just gave me appreciation for other sneakers out there. Where was music uh, a big part? As also massive man. Like I'll I'll take it all the way back to mm-hmm. you know first grade. I actually started lo- loving music. Um, collecting vinyl my first real love the music came across like mtv of course but like all my uh older peers and friends were were it was all rock and roll and kiss i remember you know mm-hmm. that band kiss and motley Crue. yeah and then it wasn't until seventh and eighth grade where i got into hip-hop and it was like fat boys skinny boys like anything i could get a hold of and then you know bet i watched every video religiously um and I, once i got to high school i started making mixtapes and everyone came to me for mixtapes um because i go to the mall and cop all the cassettes and i, I just yeah. make tapes huge just like any music i absorbed any hip-hop music any r&b music i just wanted to be the first and i just would play them to death huge just like aren't you know all through you know i'm going to date myself again new edition bobby brown new jack mm-hmm. swing that whole era was my was my was my era, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it just kicked off my appreciation for music in general to this day. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. You grew up in like a really good time of just like really good music because like I listen to a lot of old stuff. I'm a old, I'm a old head at heart. Head at heart. <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite group is Tribe Called Quest. So like, yeah. So like, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm 33, so it's not like I'm not <laughs> old, but whatever. So like, yeah, like I think it's just the way that hip hop in, in general, just like I feel like it it coincides with just like the sneaker community. Absolutely. So much, Absolutely. especially back then, you know, like I think it's, I think it's very parallel sequencing of just like, you know, when shit's hot, obviously shit's hot. So. Yeah. It's, it's know. part of the culture, sneakers, basketball, hip hop, like all within this um, world that I just could not get enough of. Just could not get small kid in Illinois. Just couldn't get enough of. What um? I mean, you know, you you talked about you know you got out of there. So like, what propelled you to move to where you where you wanted to take your first step into to where you wanted to be? 
I, I just, uh, I just, you know, watching videos and watching all the, all, all these things that like, you know, are happening in this big city in these bigger cities. I just knew I had to get to some bigger city. I didn't like St. Louis, but I, I love Chicago. You know, we'd always visit when we were kids. My, my parents would take us up there. We have fam- I had family up there. I still have family up there. And so we'd always visit. And I thought Chicago was so fresh. I didn't know any better. I just knew I wanted to get to Chicago into a bigger city. And I never looked back. And again, my parents blessed their hearts. To, uh, they, 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 you know, supported me every, every step of the way. Um, mm-hmm. And so getting into DePaul. Um, was a huge step into getting into fashion, which eventually got me to New York and Nike. So um, I was always a kind of a um, big city kid with like, you know, this small town, you know, hard. I still appreciate small towns. That's why, you know, Portland has that kind of nice mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing like Chicago for me. Yeah. I mean, I've never been to Chicago. So like, What's that? What, what did you see out there that just sparked your creativity? Oh, man. Just keep going. Uh, you know, I, I was I was in school and like through my you know six years there, not making, a, you know, any for the most part, any money. I had worked retail at like my first job job was at um, Crate and Barrel working in the back and eventually at a retail position at Toshiro, this this boutique way back. But being in the city and going to college, like it was the funnest times. I was again this this small town boy. Um and I just try to absorb everything. I I was super into it got me into like house music. So Chicago's all about house music. Mm -hmm. And again it, it triggered my my curiosity around DJing. And I just started collecting records and trying to go out. I was super underage, but like I started to get to know people and they would let me into these, these clubs and started going all these raves. And, um, I, I got such a huge passion and to this day for Chicago house music, Chicago house music in particular. Um, um, and so that was a big portion of my, you know, Chicago experience. So I, obviously the school is a huge part. Um, and, networking it just kind of triggered my 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 networking kind of curiosity to this day that i still um practice like reaching out to the people mm-hmm. getting to know people like that time in chicago so instrumental in practicing my skill sets that i still use to this day yeah uh were you also still collecting during that time or was it just like oh you yeah had to put for stuff sure. on the back burner uh, a little bit yeah for a little bit yeah. i started getting to like uh um yeah i was still collecting i i forgot which i was still a nike head mm-hmm. uh i had some ideas you were, you were changed to excite the fit yeah the fits. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> um adidas started creeping in i i found some old t-rex models uh back at the at the house a couple years ago like it is a bit of a blur i know i, I got into more like boots like doc martens were starting to pop off back then and i got deep in in the doc martens and john fluvogs it was a chicago thing um but yeah always and still collecting mics like i remember the 12 was a big one 
um, at the time during college, like 11, 12, 13s, and then, um, and then it, the sneaker, you know, uh, uh, sneakers, sneakers in general just started like exploding back around that time. Mm-hmm. So a lot more options. What did your parents say with all the sneakers? Cause like, I mean, I, I don't know. Are you also a first generation immigrant? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. So yes. like your parents would like, they're like, you need to, what is with you buying all these shoes? What's going on? It started really <laughs> going when I moved to New York and I started making my own money. Mm-hmm. I remember my, I had a studio in Jersey city and one of the, you know, sneakers at the Newport mall that I remember like, Oh, these are the ones now. Now it's real. It was 90, the 95s, 95s, and the OG neon colorway. Again, I forgot to shop. I know exactly where it was. It was on the corner there. Mm-hmm. First floor. It was, I forgot, about 35 maybe. So it's pricey. That shoe was pricey for what it was. Yeah. Squeaked like crazy. Um, but that shoe kicked it off. And then back then it was, um, and then Presto started to get crazy then. And then Air Force One, White Whites, it just exploded like no other. Um, uh, <clears throat> I remember my closet being full, like spilling out. I, I wouldn't keep boxes because I couldn't. I was living in the studio. Yeah. But um, those three shoes were something else. Premium Goods in Brooklyn was an mm-hmm. OG. You could get Bapes back then. Um, could never afford them because I think they're around 250, 300 back then. And then Union started coming around and it got crazy. Around that area was the Golden Era of sneaker collecting, I think. Yeah. Um, so this is like when Dave was actually still running Dave Quality Meets. Yes. Like so, yes, absolutely. Union with Stussy. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, Marianne you're, Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's early 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 flight club yeah <laughs> yes, yes sir which is it's crazy like to think about it now especially with like what's going on with stock x and yeah. and how you know uh like flight club started something that became what it is what is now yeah. reselling yeah uh the, the the way reselling is now is what i meant like you know yeah. like becoming uh just like consumer goods just being like sold through a website and you know, like the real authentication authentication was coming through Flight Club yeah. when you buy a pair for Flight Club. So like you get that and now you get that experience from GOAT and StockX and kind of you like now we're being put in like you get put into like this weird chain of, of supply chain systems. And that's what reselling is now. Before yeah. it was just straight up. You just go to the store. You know, yeah. you connect with the the owners, and then you'd be like, "Yo, hook it up." And then yeah. you'd be like, "All right, I got you." Yeah, you know, yeah, like for sure, all that stuff is dead now. Like so, and, uh, yeah, the experience is dead. Like I, I really am so happy that I was able to explore my sneaker, my passion for sneakers, the way I did, mm-hmm. just out of pure curiosity. One being an um, kind of like somewhat of an active athletic kid, played a lot of tennis and basketball. So that drove a lot of my, you know, just wanting and needing sneakers because I'd burn out of them. Mm-hmm. That curiosity of like, like going to the mall on a weekend, like, oh man, I can't wait to see what the, they have uh, on the walls. Um, and that smell, I remember the smell was so distinct. 
um, having and having just that crazy assortment um, of sneakers from Diodoras to ponies, like it was so fun. Um, I'd have to like relive these moments with my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, to now, where you know I'm buying sneakers on StockX and and Go, um, I've seen the full swing, where it was like the experience, the emotion. It's just not there. I can't go to the mall no more. Because one Foot Locker, it's just a different experience at Foot Locker, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I live next to one. And so, like, I, I sometimes I'll just, like, because I go to the mall to, since I live next to a mall, I just yeah. go there to get food. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so I just, I'll, like, stop by Foot Locker and, and Champs and Foot Action and all that stuff just to see what's going on. And now it's just, like, a bunch of kids just, like, out front with already, like, six pairs of the shoes. Yeah. Just, like with bags waiting to see if they're if the foot locker is gonna put out another pair so that they can jump on and get that pair so that they can put all seven pairs oh, on stock X and make their fifty dollars a pair like is it is it even really worth it you yeah know? and just the assortment is different like it's just nothing yeah. special about the, the assortments uh from the actual you know um assortment in themselves but the assortment of brands like they're just not they're just not um present anymore like oh, when we grew up i mean i shopped from everywhere from you know wherever i could get it famous forehead had crazy assortments they had asics that's the first time i came across asics back in the day uh filas you you it was part of like you know digging for shoes the same way you would dig for vinyl like that that was part of my upbringing but I, i'm so happy that i was able to experience yeah, I mean, digging for shoes and also digging for vinyl. That's I mean, it's it, you were you were in it like yeah. you were like, yeah. I'm finding the hot shit. Like no matter what, I'm yeah. finding the hot shit. You had to like, work for it. You had to work. For it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what got what got you, you know, actually taking up as this as a profession of creating? It, it kind of just know? again, it fell in my lap. I never was that type of kid that like. In five years, I'm going to be doing this. Um, I just now looking back, I just combined my passion for like wanting to look fresh and from the fifth, sixth grade, like caring about like how I looked, looking at GQs and looking how fresh like rappers were on BET to like mm-hmm. I always drew, always illustrated because of my love for comic books. My brother's deep in the comic books, like I mean, deep, deep. And so I got my passion to like draw. I always wanted to draw a pencil. Like every, I used to make my own comics. They're silly looking back at them, but like it's kickstarted my appreciation for appreciation for the arts. Mm-hmm. So combine them going into Chicago, got my fashion degree and just like get to New York. That's all I knew. It was like, get to New York. Cause that's where you, everyone, that's what everyone did. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how it kind of kickstarted my career. And like, old fashioned sneaker thing like just out of like things falling on my lap and kind of out of necessity i mean it's it's crazy like the the puzzle pieces just align yeah correctly yeah yeah i mean what like what was that what was that like first uh like i guess week in new york like were you like panicking did you have stuff figured out? Like, were you were you the the lucky people that were able to get a job? Like the first day you got here, uh, they lined up a job through my school with this uh, company called Michael Simon. If you look them up, mm-hmm. they're like uh, they do misty sweaters, 
like at Nordstrom, you go in and it's like seasonal sweaters that have like reindeers or snowflakes or whatever. Yeah. That's what I was doing for the first six to eight months. And I just did it to get my foot in the door. And uh, I know that obviously that wasn't for me, but I like uh, that was, I just had to get to New York, you know, times, you know, me being in Jersey Heights, not even Jersey City. Mm-hmm. So I was just taking it all in. I think I got uh, n- not pickpocketed, but like I got worked for, um, you know, money out of my account by this. <laughs> out of your account? <laughs> yeah, it's the longest story. You only have the time, but like some dudes. No, swindled. we got the time. We got the time. I want to hear this. Swindled me <laughs> out of like I didn't have no money, but like eighty bucks out of my uh, checking. He he got a couple of dues, but. Long story short, he'd, he'd swindle you out of, if you look it up, there's this, there's, this, there's this method of getting vulnerable people. And I was super vulnerable mm-hmm. of getting people to like expose your uh, debit card, your combination and switching out for cash and him running off with your card and your combination, your, your, your key code. Um, that's crazy. I, I like now I want to learn it. Yeah, like, if you never- it <laughs> but if you if you look it up, I had to Google like this. Am I the only person? There was two people like when we did the lineup. The, yeah. Like about a two months later. Oh, you like, actually had to go do a yeah, lineup and everything. The top, the, uh, I forgot what precinct. Um, was in the village maybe. Mm-hmm. Called me in like and like because I don't even know. If, I think I re- I reported it. Yeah, I had to have mm-hmm. reported it. Um, they got me. They pulled me and it was like at one in the morning. I had to work the next day. Like, do you recognize any of these people? And I was like, yes. Like, <laughs> we at the very end and he was looking down. And it was me and this other girl that was sitting in the precinct, like looking at each other, like, yo, we got got. So <laughs> I must have been 24. Like, I remember, like, it was like yesterday. But... Yo, that's crazy. I mean, like, that is the crazy. I've never <laughs> heard this. That is like I've heard people get held up, knife point, yeah, gun yeah, point. Yeah. But this but just like, swindled me, though. <laughs> He's like, "Give me your card. Hold on to this cash, and you flash this cash." And it was only one like hundred dollar bill. The rest was newspapers. Mm-hmm. Hold on to this. Let <laughs> me use your card. Blah blah blah. I open up the paper sack with that wad of money. It was all newspapers, but um. And I was like, man. But you got a hundred dollars? Or was no, it a fake hundred? This is a fake. It's all <laughs> like newspapers. There's a bought up newspapers that look like folded up money. Yo, that is nuts. That but is like, crazy. But my man, Chris Jackson, Christopher Jackson, he's another kid from, from Cairo. Um, he's been on Hamilton Broadway star. Um, he, he looked out as a, one of the first people and I call. I called like, hey man, this dude got me. Can you hold me down? Came and like met up with me. And like looked out. So um, shout out to Christopher Jackson, man. That's my homie. To the Yo, I mean, well, yeah, it's crazy that you your boy ended up just being like a Broadway star too. <laughs> he, he is he was on Bull. He's been on, you know, if you look him up, he's obviously a mega star he's in the yeah. uh, Super Bowl. I think he did the Super Bowl. Uh no, All Stars, one of the one of the big sporting events, uh national anthems. Mm-hmm. Big, big time. Yo, that's wild. Uh, I mean, has there any like another time that you you got got because that was hilarious? No, I, that's that's it. I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson, man. 
<laughs> oh man! Uh, like, anybody yeah. knows that story, but like yes, they are. You're gonna be like, yo, check this out. Like, <laughs> check out this episode. And yeah, get it, like, it's yo, so you hard. got swindled. <laughs> it's it's so hard explaining like like less than like two. You gotta like, I gotta like really like explain it all. And like people like really, you got swindled like that. I'm like yes, I got swindled. <laughs> That's when you gotta tell the you gotta tell the kids. That, yeah, like, man. Later, oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or you could be like, yo, just listen to this episode of this podcast. I was yeah, on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> listen to this. You, you hear about the time I get swindled. I don't got to tell it again. <laughs> oh, man. I, so, like, I mean, like, and New York fashion is totally different than Chicago fashion. So, like, what was it like? Did you get, like, culture shock moving over here? Or, like... Yeah, man. Like, of course, like, being in, in all those streetwear brands, you know, you were just always on top of like what's fresh what's not fresh mm-hmm. and meeting some of the freshest you know dudes on the block people coming in and out the, the showrooms so it was just a quick like learning lesson of like you know how to dress in new york you had to just stay up back then um it wasn't probably until Nietzsche. that was my first job Post that Michael Simon job. Right? It is. It is a Nietzsche. Yeah, it is a Nietzsche. You just yeah. solved everybody. Yeah. Has been wondering. I've I've heard people call it E nice. E nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a Nietzsche. E N Y C E. Yeah. <laughs> they need to bring it back. Uh, they do. But shout out to Evan Davis, Londo Felix, Tony Shaman. Those guys put me on. Um, and I remember meeting Dawi Chow. You know, shout out to Dawi. Like he was the freshest. You know. Asian dude, you know, out there to this day, um, to this day and meeting him and still like being really good friends with him to this day. Like, um, like just being around him, like learning how to like stay up and be fresh and, and pay attention to how you dressed. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and then I'm sure you ca- you're coming from like, uh, was there a good amount of people, a good amount of Asian people in your hometown? No, no, not at all. Like, well, at the time, there's, gosh, three, maybe the four families, Filipino mm-hmm. families, <clears throat> that were kind of like of the same situation that we were in. Like, their dads are doctors that were brought in from the Philippines to like work in these rural areas. Um, mm-hmm. So I got we got to know all of them, of course. Um, but growing up. Uh, you know, majority of the town was black. It was white, and then you know us minority Asians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know moving to New York, and now you have like it's the it's legit a melting pot. So legit. like you get you get to actually go to like you know little little you know little uh, Chinatown. Oh, you get to yeah. go to like Koreatown. There's so many different. Like, were you, did you, were you able to find, like, I guess, you know, a slice of home, you know? I, I got to just be able to appreciate all these different cuisines that I never got exposed to. Like, I didn't know how to use, uh, you know, Filipino, I used fork and spoons. I didn't learn how to use chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm half Filipino, um, but raised, raised as a Filipino. Um, I didn't know how to use chopsticks since I was like 20, 21, maybe 22. Um Going to sushi, never had sushi until I was in college, maybe late, late in my 20s. Probably when I got to New York, I was like, what is this? But now it's one of my favorite cuisines. Mm-hmm. But being wide open to like 
different cultures. Like it hits, you know, in New York, it just hits you as soon as you get, you know, as soon as you land, like it hits you right in your face. And you just be, you become one with all these cultures and you just kind of absorb it. And I loved it. I still love it to this day. It's nothing, yeah, like, I mean, nothing like it. Nothing like it. The, I was going to be like, you know, I, so I've, I've only had Lechon like a couple times. Yes, sir. So, I mean, that's why I've, I like all my Filipino friends are always, it's like, you got to try it. We got to hit up the spot. Yeah. You got to get the, the pineapple. <clears throat> is it pineapple fried rice? No, it's uh, garlic fried rice. They don't. I never heard of. They might have it, but they're known as like their thing is garlic fried rice. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Filipino, like people and cuisine. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like because uh, I mean, like growing up, like I I was big into SBs. Like so yeah, when yeah. I started yeah. getting collecting into sneakers yeah. sbs like a majority of people who collect the sbs were filipino yes yes and i was always curious of just like how did how did they gravitate to the sb craze when it's like all skaters good you question know? good question yeah. yeah good question <laughs> uh i was huge in sbs uh new york days of course pink boxes like you know mm-hmm. I just got them because I like the comfort. They were so much more comfortable than the regular dunk. A thousand times yeah. over. Um, I just love the padded tongue. And I think they had Zoom in it. I think. The G- the f- they had the Zoom GT, but I don't think the, the reg- I don't think the dunk, the okay. dunk, the regular dunks don't have it okay. just has the fat laces. It just, yeah, and the pads. Yeah. It had just had it the has a laces. I don't because it's not it looks like it could be zoom but yeah. it's it's a plastic covering over oh. like a pad inside of it got it so i don't i don't know if that's considered zoom right zoom is like an air unit yeah air unit yeah it's like a- but like that's why i'm like i've always thought it wasn't zoom and then they did come out when it when it started getting um when it did that like refresh to that like the wrapped up box yeah, the yeah. brown wrapped up box yeah. then they was like okay now the units have zoom in it uh, okay okay and then that's when they all then then, then converse started adding zoom yeah. inserts yeah, as yeah. well so yeah 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 i uh i was also just like i have bad arches so i was just yeah. like let me same, get same. <laughs> <Just> terrible arches <laughs> but it's like nike sv is the most colorful pairs of kicks and you're just like and they all have themes and stuff they all have stories yeah, so fun so fun. Yeah. yeah so i just felt i fell in love with it and yeah it was just like i ended up just being friends with a lot of F- filipino kids and learning about filipino culture and stuff like that because yeah, of that did they did a lot of your a lot of them dj as well no i didn't i didn't know anybody that dj oh word. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of filipinos that dj like sneakers <laughs> play tennis, low key play tennis. Yeah. Oh, because I was gonna say break dance because I seen break a lot dance, of Philippi- break dance. Break dance. Yeah, break. break dancing was one of those. I was a bit of a break dancer in my little town in my <laughs> in our church gatherings. <laughs> Go Gmo, everybody just yeah, did, like yeah, and you're silly, just popping and locking, silly, <laughs> silly stuff. <dude. laughs> and then we got the Jabberwockies. We just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, I just like. That that the, the SB community is why like I just love stories because like the greatest that, that, yeah like about the people the people that collected them also just like you know they can you can ha- they were personable a lot of them there wasn't just straight like all right if we're doing a trade just meet up and then that's it like yeah. all right bye bye it's like 
all right, well, you know, if you want to chill after, let's chill. Or like, you know, like, you want, how, what other pairs you got? Let's talk about them. Like, I, I like that. And, and you know, Jordan's, yeah, yeah the, the Jordan community was never like that. It was just like, you just got to have fresh J's if you yeah. got. I remember, I don't know if you ever heard of like, like, oh, if you're, you're not a sneakerhead, you if you don't have these, like, People always used to be like, "Oh yeah, you're not a sneakerhead unless you have fire, fire red threes, or like, or if you have." Was like, that it? Was that the measuring it, stick? No, it was the measuring stick. Was always it was like you have to have these pairs, and it was like five pairs, and you have to have a oh, pair okay. of. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, yeah, infrared nineties, uh, fire red threes, um, fire threes, infrared nineties. Okay, uh, 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 Chicago ones. Got it, and. You have to have like an SB of like a grill SB, yep, but like yep. at that at that time it was like you know like a pair of Dooms or something like that. Crazy and, hard to get, yeah. Yeah, something super hard to get. And then uh, I think it was like, was it a fi- was it a metallic five? It could. I think it might be a metallic five. Okay, all right. So are you a sneakerhead? Now imagine that was how I ended <laughs> ended each podcast. <laughs> If you don't have these, you're not as near your head. <laughs> I gotta check. I do have. I don't have like uh, posed type dunks. I have like you know mm-hmm. generally ones back in the day, pink boxes that were like, um, that were pretty. I guess hard to get. I I was gifted so many of them back then, so I have. I can't remember what all I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I guess I could be. Certified as a sneakerhead. <laughs> <laughs> Certified on Nike Talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey. Oh man, um, I mean, like, do you want to touch on like some of the stuff you've like created? Um, you know, like, has, has it been like a sh- sneaker model you you've uh, you've done that uh, many people do know or do not know about? It's a great question. I'm trying to think of one that a project that people may have not known about in my like early like uh were you behind the curtis jackson rebox now just play the sean carters the sean carters <laughs> i think I, I my first footwear gig was uh icons it's nike sports or so uh mm-hmm. what was it um cortez dunk air force one um max 90 max one i had to overlook then those all those franchises and uh it was coming off of uh when it was no is in and around the 20 of the 30th 30th anniversary Mm -hmm. uh we had done let's see the air force one supremes the the uh Canvas ones, green, black, and I forgot what the other colorway. We had done some other colorways that were so fire, a khaki one, a couple mm-hmm. other colors that never made it. Um, I think I still have half pairs. Um, that we did, I did some Dover Street dunks or something way back. I did some deconstructed Air Force Ones, kind of like it was like the brown boot era, Americana was popping. Mm-hmm. And we try to like, you know, um, I, I apply that to sneakers. And so we did like brown boot 
a brown boot type of mint, uh, sensibility to Air Force One, so we deconstructed it. Nice leathers. Oh, man. I can't... Um, I cannot remember. And then I didn't, I didn't, I didn't stay that long. I went like right into Jordan and then mm-hmm. you know, the, kicked it off with the fragments, H8 ones, and then just catapulted into many, many years of like crazy projects that I've forgotten some and, and some have uh, become some of my grills to this day. Uh, are you able? Were, I mean, have you been able? If they're your grills, are you able to get them? Were you able to get them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so let me pitch. Let me pitch this to you, okay? Yeah. And and so I have a thing, right? You know, because like some, I was I was watching this TikTok, and this kid was like, "Oh, these pairs of sneakers. If I hold them onto them, if I hold onto them long enough, they become my grails." Mm-hmm. Do you think that is valid or do you think <sighs> grails become something else, which I have started deeming them as relics? So like and I'm trying to get this over. So if, if, if this might be a flop, if you flop this, but <laughs> but but I'm saying so, like, if you were able to buy a shoe when it first came out or like you're able to attain your grails, are they now relics? Because in a sense, you know, they're in your home now. Yeah. That's a great question. So if you've, you've obtained your grails, are they still grails like what, five, six years later? Yeah. Are they still grails? Like, are, are, I feel like, I think they're just a generic term now. Like I just said it like as a generic uh, term is something that like I've always, you know, a shoe always wanted, yeah. Always wanted and I got, you know, it's like, or, or a shoe that like everyone wanted, but I, you know, and I got, you know, type, you know, sensibility, but I, I understand both ways the relic and, you know, and the ones you are dying to get, you know? Um, so if there's one that like a grail that I've always wanted to get was, Oh, I do have that one. I was going to say 85, uh, AJ ones. I have a pair mm-hmm. of 12, 12 and a half that MJ was like part of his, his run. Yeah. had during his those days uh i can't like if there's a grail my gosh so yeah i think most of my collection is like relics at this point because i <laughs> anything that i wanted i for the most part like there's some dunks that i'd want mm-hmm. just to have that was really crazy um like the futuras and stuff like that but um future lows right yeah 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 um, one of my one of my all time grails is the the glass jaw uh-huh. blazers. Yep. I don't know if you know what those are. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, there's a band called Glass Jaw. It's a hardcore okay. band, and then they had they did like a like a uh, a band series, and it's yep. like the Deftones, uh, Glass Jaw, and then someone else. And yep. super simple, just like literally just like some barrack red, yeah, and then and some white. And their blazers, fire, absolutely fire. But my grail grills are floms, and I know I'm never gonna get those. Yeah, floms is up there for sure. Yeah, and and huff huff SBs and huff doom SBs. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Okay, Heineken's probably put up there. Like I'd always, I was just love that they just took a risk on you know a, a liquor brand and put it up. Yeah, there. exactly. You know, 
Yeah. And uh I'm trying to think, what else? I mean, I have a lot of my grails are literally just like silver boxes and and pink boxes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah, I'm just like a super Nike SB head. So that's what yeah. happens. Okay. It's just, okay. <laughs> I was at one point Nike SB or nothing. Like I no, wouldn't no. wear anything else. So yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but as we get down to the end of the podcast, uh, I ask everybody each week uh, this question as well, which is, what does the thrill of the hunt mean to you? Thrill of the hunt. Uh, I think I could just go back to what I kind of mentioned before is, at least for me, the, the thrill mm-hmm. of the hunt was waiting um, every weekend to when my mom would take me and my brother uh, to the, so it's more of a nostalgic type feeling for me going to the Foot Locker, like almost sprinting to Foot Locker to either see the new, latest Jordan that you saw in some grainy image on my OTV, you wanted to see it in real life, um, or just the latest, like, I remember, like, there was some ill, like, tennis, Nike did some illest, ill, like, Wimbledon tennis shoes, like, couldn't wait to see those, or the pumps, the pumps were huge when I was growing up, Michael Chang, um, so just that uh, anticipation of wanting to go, get to the mall um, to see what the offerings were because you never knew mm-hmm. um, there weren't leaks or anything like that. So that that was my thrill, um, waiting to just get to a mall where I could just see what were the freshest kicks at that time. Um, I couldn't get enough. Um, fast forward to this day. I don't know what the thrill of the hunt is. I'm more excited about, okay, is it a sneaker? What's the story behind it? Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm hunting for these days. It's like the why. And we got the why. You're yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> so let everybody know where to find you. Uh, LinkedIn. I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. That's how you found me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a no gram G on Instagram. Um, and I got a Facebook, that, but that's only for my. Nah, that's the family. That's the family. That's the family. <laughs> I got a Twitter, Edgy Moong. I'm not very active on that, but like I'm pretty active on LinkedIn just for what I do today as a freelancer consultant. Yeah. I mean, thanks for jumping on. And for everybody out there, wear your kicks. Wear Peace. Em. Peace. <laughs>